You're listening to A Date with Data with your host, Amy Bitterman. Hey, it's Amy, and I'm so excited to be hosting A Date with Data. I'll be chatting with state and district special education staff who, just like you, are dealing with IDEA data every day. A Date with Data is brought to you by the IDEA Data Centre. Hello, welcome to A Date with Data. On this episode, we are continuing our conversation with Leah Voorhees, who is the State Director of Special Education, and Laura, Laura Lee Gillespie, who's the Special Education Coordinator of the Utah Program Improvement Planning System, and they're both with the Utah State Board of Education. On the last episode, they started their story about their state's general supervision system, and on this episode, we are going to hear more about some of the challenges they've experienced, how they've addressed them, and some of the areas they're really proud of. So thanks for joining us. So what are some of the challenges that you've encountered and and how have you tackled them to make these, you know, improvements and put these great processes in place? Well, I'll speak to a few challenges that I I see. Bridging the gap between compliance and program improvement. I mean, again, we know from we know from the Supreme Court that we look at benefit, we look at procedure, and we we that's been the requirement in special ed for decades. But sometimes procedure gets a little more focus, and although it's important, we want to ensure that those procedures are actually leading to outcomes for students and program improvement for schools, um, and and that I think is is a huge challenge that I personally feel uh, it's not, it's easy to just look at a file and say, here's, here's the issue, but it's, it's much more difficult to look at a file and again, look at it over time and really see what we're doing to improve outcomes for students. Um, so I would say that in, in talking to, to staff in LEAs and talking to uh, individuals here at the state and talking to parents. Um, that That is probably the largest uh, challenge. And so trying to bridge that gap between the importance of compliance. And I mean, I, I do have a place for compliance in my heart <laughs> because of my legal background, but, I, but it is important to really understand the why behind yep. it, why it's important and why I will say, honestly, there's lots of conversations I have with local education agencies in particular, helping them to see why it matters from the parent point of view, from the stakeholder mm-hmm. point of view, because that's kind of where my background is. And so that that piece, I think, is is one of the most challenging obstacles that I think we face in our processes. You know, there's lots of logistical issues that are involved, but I I would say if I was going to pick one thing, that would be it. Hmm. Yeah, that is that is a big challenge for sure. <laughs> Leah, would you? Uh, I think another challenge we identified last year and, and the way we addressed it, possibly unique, we're still not sure if it made a difference or not. But when when the monitoring team um, sits and reviews files, they give the teacher uh, of that student of the file an opportunity to sit with them. And so they talk Mm -hmm. through the process if the teacher is available and Mm -hmm. really listen to the teacher talk about what they were trying to accomplish for the student and help the teacher understand the compliance issues. And we recognized that 
um, because we don't have a statewide IEP system in Utah. There are like 16 different IEPs, IEP systems, and then lots of LEAs use our model forms, just paper, paper, pencil model forms. Hmm. Um, and we recognized that the that teachers struggle with understanding how to fill out the forms. Teachers struggle with understanding the why of mm. filling out the forms. They struggle to understand um, the the why related to the rule. Uh, and But they also struggle, like Laura Lee was just talking about, to understand the why of what the relationship to student outcomes is. And sometimes yeah. it doesn't really look like there is an outcome. So then they're just frustrated. Yeah. Right? So we have a statewide institute on special education law, basically a law conference every year. We've been doing it for 35 years or something. And every summer, we spend two days, we bring in attorneys from around the country to talk about um, important issues related to our state and, and to our general supervision system. And we did something different the first time in our, however, 35 years. Laura Lee and her team did a session with all almost 2,000 um, people who attended our conference. It did three-hour session, hmm. um, just going through a file oh, with wow. the whole state, <laughs> oh my gosh. like line by line by line. They made up hmm. a student. They uh, and they and they just had 2,000 people in the room and online that did a file review together so that wow. she she could have that conversation that she likes to have and her team likes to have with individual teachers with the whole state. Wow. Um, and so that's that's one of the ways, one of the challenges that we found and that we've that we've addressed. And the, the other big challenge which we try the same way every other state tries is that um, we have staff shortages. Our LEA directors are overwhelmed. Our teachers are overwhelmed. Our paraeducators are coming and going. It's like a rotating door. Mm -hmm. And, and so there, there's always a need for, um, for professional learning. There's always a need for technical assistance. There's, there's a need to, to provide emotional support to special education providers. And so we have, we've created synchronous, on-demand, and asynchronous available at two o'clock in the morning, uh, professional learning and technical ass assistance. So that are seriously overstretched um, educators and administrators can access information whenever, wherever from us with a consistent message. Um, we all say exactly the same thing. And that mm -hmm. to Laura Lee's point about compliance, supporting practice and practice supporting compliance, we have one message. We all say exactly the same thing. And you could get it from our mouths. You could get it record from recordings mm -hmm. from us and just to try to address that particular barrier. Sounds like you've come up with a lot of unique and creative strategies to try to handle these challenges. And, and that's really fascinating and good, good for you all. And one, one last question, you mentioned the 2301 memo, the OSEP general supervision Q&A that came out. Um, can you talk about how that has impacted, if at all, Utah, your system, kind of 
things you might be changing potentially, um, what kind of your reaction was to it? Yeah, so um, my reaction was probably not as dramatic or concerned as some other state directors because we had already uh, moved to a, a mostly cyclical monitoring cycle. We had already mm -hmm. put in place a lot of the requirements in the memo. Um, a, a couple that we that we needed to address: one, the transfer issue, um, ensuring. Um, correction um, once a student transfers across LEAs and across states. Mm -hmm. And then another one, we have a, um, we have a, a statewide education um, complaint hotline. Mm -hmm. And so anyone, anywhere, anytime can submit a complaint to the State Board of Education about anything that's happening in their, their school. And uh, we, we have a system internally to be able to route um, the, the complaints related to special education to our special education dispute resolution team so that people that mm -hmm. submit hotline complaints can, can get the information they need about IDEA dispute resolution and, um, and submit IDEA complaints that way mm -hmm. or request mediation or a due process hearing. So one of the things that we had to put in place was this the, the a process to move from that complaint hotline uh, procedure that we already have in place in our state to address the credible allegation issue in the 2301 memo. Um, so I uh, asked uh, directors, and we have about 160 LEAs in our state. So I asked the directors to nominate um, one another um, to participate on a, a work group to be able to address the issues and come up with policy, recommended policy that mm -hmm. I could take to the State Board of Education related to those, those two issues, the credible allegation issue and the transfer issue. Mm -hmm. um, about 17 uh, directors um, nominated themselves or someone else um, to participate um, with me. And we had um, several uh, meetings. Um, we, we all reviewed the guidance together front to back. Laura Lee and I went through and made a PowerPoint that hit all of the, of the key issues in the guidance. Mm -hmm. So we reviewed all of the guidance. And then I had the, the two questions that, that this work group needed to address at the end. Mm -hmm. And, it, and in the almost 14 years that I have um, been at the State Board of Education, that, that work group um, did I think the best, the quickest work that um, that I have experienced at the state board? They they all agreed to just drop their defensiveness about the fact that this the whole credible allegation issue was going to be more work for them because we have a statewide hotline complaint system. So I get allegations all the time. Yeah. And so um, we just got to work. We probably spent um, three hours together over two and a half um, different meeting times. And they came up with a decision tree um, that I then took to the, um, the State Board of Education as a recommendation for how we would proceed. And they, they all agreed, they asked great questions. I was just so proud of them hmm. and the state board accepted it hmm. and we are moving forward with putting together a database 
mm-hmm. uh, for um, for tracking the the pro- the procedure that they outlined and that the state board accepted. So we are we're beginning the implementation of that system now. Wow, that is fast. <laughs> That's amazing. And I, yeah, the what you went through to to come to to that and bringing in the directors to really formulate your plan that makes so much sense since they're going to be the ones involved right as well and need their buy-in so that that's really smart well it was amazingly smooth I'm really proud of them yeah that's just a testament I think to the relationship like we've been talking about that you've you know built with them and, and other stakeholders over the years that you can tap them in that way and that it you know is such a successful activity Great. Well, I want to just thank you both so much for your time and talking to us about all of the great work that you're doing and the general supervision elements that that you already have in place and what you're working on. It's um, was so good to to hear from both of you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amy. Thanks. To access podcast resources, submit questions related to today's episode, or if you have ideas for future topics, we'd love to hear from you. The links are in the episode content, or connect with us via the podcast page on the IDC website at ideadata.org.